Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast. With the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Monday. It's only a bylaw. Um, I, I admit my ignorance here. I really do have to admit my ignorance. I'm going off of what I've seen shared online, which is just just not a good rule of thumb to live your life by, honestly. But I'm doing it anyway. Um, but I saw some discussion because of this. Somebody shared a uh, looks like a screenshot from uh, an RMWB community standards bylaw update that could be being discussed in the near future, I guess, or is being proposed anyway. The thing that was circled and I want to zoom in on is idling, idling vehicles. The update on this is supposedly if it were enacted to be uh, that park vehicles mustn't idle for more than three minutes at any time, except when temperatures are minus 30 degrees Celsius. Um, I got to say, we're already at three minute warm-up time, all right? Like, the temperatures out there, single-digit temps first thing in the morning, sometimes we're dipping just below zero. Yeah, you gotta idle for just long enough to get that that windshield just completely defogged, defrosted, whatever. That's a, that's a safety thing. <laughs> and I mean, I know yeah, you've got scrapies too, but it doesn't do everything, and you also want to make sure that as soon as you don't start driving, it's not going to just fog over again, or as soon as you get in after a shower, for instance, you, get, you take... 30 seconds out onto the road, you're actually in traffic now, suddenly, suddenly the air goes and every window's frozen over again. So yeah, you need it to get a little bit more ambiently warm, not just in the engine bay, but in the cab as well, where the pilot of the vehicle is navigating. I gotta say, I don't know if I love this. However, other side of the coin, Enforcement. Is this actually going to be enforced? Like, are people going to be watching? I don't know about that. Uh, I think usually this kind of thing is more citizen enforced, so it would have to be, like, complaint-based before a bylaw officer could ever show up. That's my interpretation, anyway. Don't uh, don't hold it against me if I'm, I'm incorrect about that, but I just have to say, um... I think that there are not really any good reasons to idle for more than like an hour. Should it be anything more than like minus 40 degrees, minus 45 outside? You know, there's extreme situations. And then again, you know, if you're in the car, that's a different story. It's not really technically parked. It's just stopped, right? You're, you might be idling, but you're staying warm. You're staying ready to go. That's a bit of a different story. What do you think, though? Kind of a big topic, kind of a can of worms. Um, what do you think is a reasonable cap, if any, for a time length for somebody to be idling their vehicle out on the side of the road? David Bowie's live performances will be experienced by all new audiences during the Brilliant Live Adventures series, a set of six live albums that are going to be released over the next several months. It starts off with Live at Dallas 95 on vinyl and digital releases October 30th. The remaining five chapters will be announced soon, each focusing on a different live appearance from the 90s specifically. A uh, decades-long mini-mystery surrounding John Lennon's song, Grow Old With Me, recorded one month prior to his death, uh, has been solved by a music scholar named Kenneth Womack. Uh, in a book about Lennon's last days, the claim is made that the song's inspiration came from a made-for-TV movie about Ellen and Lou Gehrig called A Love Affair that Lennon could have watched came out in 1978. The connection is a shared quote from Robert uh, Browning, poet, both in the song as well as in the movie. Uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, sorry, 
Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac has responded to the Fleetwood Mac skateboard guy, a.k.a. Nathan Apodica. Uh, Mick created a TikTok account just to recreate this now iconic video of Apodica skateboarding to work. Apparently, uh, Potato Factory in Idaho, uh, incidentally, uh, sipping ocean spray from the bottle and lip syncing to 1977's Jam Dreams. The remade video is great. Absolutely worth a watch. A lot less cringy than most of the copycats that have been popping up. But uh, great job, Mick. Now. Please give Nathan some money for all the attention he's brought you. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. How long is too long to idle your vehicle? A lot of agreement that a three-minute limit, uh, anytime it's more than minus 30 degrees, is a little bit ridiculous. Vicky says not one of the people that would make a rule like that drive a, a vehicle like a Yukon or a Suburban and have to park outside. Because she says getting hers to warm up in minus 30 while getting kids ready for school, it's not even close to warm, even just after the first cycle of the remote start. Uh, and also, Amanda brings up a good point. Uh, not all vehicles are created equal, right? She says gas vehicles decent heater 10 to 20 minutes should be no problem really like regardless of conditions as long as it was able to start you're kind of good she says though in a diesel long enough to scrape the windows and cut the chill uh whatever that time is because they don't warm up properly until they get the engine revving up anyways right it doesn't work quite the same way Vicky says, you know, ask the, anybody driving a school bus how long those take to warm up. Sight buses, too, for that matter, right? Um, Jody says one cycle of remote start is okay. Two is better on the minus 40 days. That's 10 to 20 minutes each. An hour is excessive. Agreed. Sarah saying two cycles remote start. Leanna, 10 to 15. Uh, Tarina, straight up, laying it down. I run it till I'm ready to drive. Putting the law down. Uh, Eliza, Travis, Ashley, Justin, a lot of people getting in touch pretty much on the same level. Like three minutes is way too short. An hour, pretty much too long. Somewhere in there's got to be a sweet spot, right? Tuesday. I remember when I was a kid, I was over at a friend's house. Uh, name was Corey. And uh, his older brother was just a prankster. Absolutely loved to. And just so happened to also be learning how to machine uh, metals. Uh, I think he was in high school at the time, uh, you know, shop class and everything. One of his projects was he was making a Freddy Krueger glove. Now, not a sharp one, not actually one that could do some damage, but all for show. And the visuals are enough, my friends, because also at Corey's house, they had a really interesting basement because there was the place where you would watch your scary movies on your little tube TV over in the corner. And there was a big open area as well where there was a big water tank, a water heater. If you know the Nightmare on Elm Street story, Freddy Krueger, boiler room, hot, steamy areas tend to attract him, or at least that's where he seems to come from, and the music and everything. Anyway, we were watching, I think, number two in the series, probably way too young to be even watching them, but still, uh, around the corner of the hot water tank comes the claw, the hand, the leather glove with the sharp spikes on each finger, and just like... Making a little scrapey noise, which is probably not good for the paint on that water tank, but hey, it was good for the sound effect to actually chill us down to our deepest depths of our souls. And we ran out of that basement screaming and screaming. Older brother got in trouble, was laughing the entire time. He couldn't have cared less about maybe being in trouble, grounded. Who cares? Worth it. Worth it. Your taste in music could be deeply affected by the height of your parents. What? Uh, Will we pause and go back on this? What the heck is the connection between these two? The answer is the footsteps. That's why the height matters. It's not really because of the height, but it's because taller people have a longer stride and therefore less beats per minute in their walk, and shorter people tend to have a quicker stride, faster beats per minute, 
And it translates, apparently. I mean, this study is, is suggesting that uh, those who had short parents prefer quicker-paced music. Uh, tend to prefer that faster beats and then slower temper, uh, tempos, uh, obviously for people that were raised by uh, by taller individuals. And it's not like a genetic thing necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, it has to do with being raised and being in your formative years and being a very, very small child. But I mean, it's not just a genetically handed down thing. This is the same in adopted situations. It's your primary caregiver, uh, whether it's mom or dad, right? Either one, whichever one you spend the most time with, their walk, their customary tempo is going to have the influence on your taste in music. Potentially, anyway. Obviously, more research is needed to, to learn more about this, but uh, but I find it fantastic that something so strange and arbitrary can actually have just such a, a deep impact on, on what we prefer. And I want to know, does it hold true in your family? Were you raised by a shorty? Were you raised by a by a string bean? Uh, and, and how does your music taste like affect that? Or are you just super eclectic and you just like music for music, no matter what form it comes in, and just give me more, more, more? I can understand understand that i think a lot of people are in that same boat but still pay attention to what you actually prefer i want to know if this actually holds any water in a uh, non-scientific anecdotal practical setting uh, let me know and also it might explain why so many people from the east coast are such fans of a good jig hey alexa play the steve reeve podcast music news coming at you rapid fire. Billy Joel Armstrong, presumably now that he's awake, uh, is getting to back to work. The Green Day frontman announced an album of cover songs from Within Quarantine. He's going to title it No Fun Mondays. During the last several months, Armstrong has recorded tracks by The Bangles, The Clash, we just heard from, uh, and more, and the collection is going to be released November 27th. A new documentary about Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band is about to arrive on Apple TV+, Plus, but uh, it will be fully black and white. However, anyone looking for archival footage or a band origin story might be disappointed. This documentary covers the five days specifically in late 2019 that the band came together to record their upcoming album, Letter to You. The documentary and album both drop on October 23rd. And there's a new decision around copyright that has been made in a case of a song from 1968, Led Zeppelin's seminal Stairway to Heaven. In 2016, it was decided uh, that Led Zeppelin's song did not actually steal the opening guitar riff from the band Spirit's song titled Taurus. It was challenged. A new trial was demanded due to the first trial having, quote, erroneous jury instructions. It got to the Supreme Court of America this year. And was thrown out the uh, the request for the new trial not heard, which kind of sets a strange precedent in that case. But also it's from a song that is by all rights ancient at this point. So will it have ripple effects? I guess wait and see. Wednesday. It's not that strange for an asteroid to fly by the Earth, but this week, NASA's asteroid tracking team uh, and all of their technology pointed at the sky. They are tracking seven flybys, close calls. Good news is, two of them have already gone by. No uh, incident whatsoever. But that still leaves five to go, including two of them today and two of them tomorrow. And then I believe the final one on Friday in you know bit about midday. Uh, you know, we're going to be fine. Uh, nothing usually ever comes of this, or at least if there is something, it's usually like a nice light show in the sky. But still, this just kind of not that that uh, you know usual to be tracking quite so many in quite such a small period of time. One per every day of the week, basically. Not that they're spread out like that. Um, this uh, doesn't really terrify me, but but it is kind of uh, terrifying to realize that there's... I mean, we can watch it, we can track it, we can look, but this isn't Armageddon. Like, there's actually 
nothing that we can really do about it, which is the thing, right? Uh, that's that's not a situation that anybody likes to be told, right? Oh, well, here's a problem. Okay, uh, I guess just deal with it as it comes. There's nothing, nothing that you can do other than be slightly more or less aware of it about to happen. Um, so I guess we'll see. Fleetwood Mac skateboard guy. If you don't know this story, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, we've been talking about it all week. It's all over the internet. Uh, Nathan Apotica is his actual name. Put out a video on TikTok that, that turned into the Fleetwood Mac Dreams Challenge that has had millions of people taking part. Millions of videos, millions of views. Um, and it's all so simple. He's just skateboarding, uh, longboarding to work, I guess is the story, at a potato factory in Idaho, of all places. Um, and, uh, and he's a little bit down on his luck. I mean, the video shows him just, just grooving. Things might be tough, but he's still just chilling. He's still just going about his day. He's sipping on ocean spray and he's singing along to Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. I mean, it's pretty great in and of itself. But the story gets a little deeper because he's a little bit down on his luck living in an RV without running water outside of his brother's place where he goes inside to use the facilities um, and, you know, get a, get a drink every once in a while. Uh, I guess that's why he's been chugging ocean spray right out of the bottle, right? Uh, but a bunch of people started donating money to him to the tune of like over $10,000. He says he's going to use that to get himself a new RV. And and he wants to help out with his uh, with his uh, special lady friend. Uh, he's also got some clothes bought for his daughter, and he's been doing good things. He's been trying to improve his life. Ocean Spray has gotten a lot of attention from these guys, uh, not just Nathan Apotica, but members of Fleetwood Mac themselves. Mick put out a, a copycat video. He's also sipping some Ocean Spray. I'm like, okay, this is all great and everything. We're honoring this man for making us feel good and giving us entertainment but but ocean spray has gotten a lot of attention too and they should definitely give him something right they should pony up some money that's the first thing that i said ah long road to get there but they 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 did make good they bought him a brand new truck and they filled the bed of that truck with his favorite beverage. I mean, he's got more ocean spray than he knows what to do with now. And the video is just fantastic of him uh, standing on the bu- the bed of the truck and just holding up his longboard. He's like, "All right, I can. I got this. This is this has served me well. But now we got wheels for sure. And now we got an actual ride. This is just totally a cool story. And the only weird thing about it is that if you look up the video of the presentation of ocean spray being like, "Hey, man, this truck is for you and for everything that you've done for us and for keeping things positive. It's for you." And the the stereo's pumping in the truck. You know what they're not playing? Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. What is wrong with this world? Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Be a bit strange to live in them all. I totally think it's Dawn of the Dead style. Uh, either one. Either the classic from Romero or the remake. But I digress. Asking you, where have you lived that was a strange spot? 780-715-Cruise. I lived in a converted prison once. The town jail of St. Paul, Alberta, specifically. So uh, the story goes, this was years ago, but uh, I was looking for some work out there and uh, and managed to find some, but areas to stay were scarce. So first of all, I spent two weeks staying at the Galaxy Inn Motel, um, which was very strange, but the entire town there, if you don't know, they have the world's first UFO landing pads. Everything's very alien-themed. But not the place that I lived that was the converted prison. That had a different theme. So the, I guess there was a new RCMP detachment built years ago, even at that time. And so the old town jail had been converted into these uh, sort of uh, rooms and then a communal living area with a kitchen and all that stuff. But then there was also the what was called the women's detention room, which was, uh, you know, you could see on the walls where the bunk beds used to be bolted in. There was a, a literal prison toilet in there, like the kind that has the, the sink on top, which is just kind of weird to me. This converted prison cell slash uh, town jail had a theme of poultry all poultry it was called our nest 
While I was staying there, the landowners, they, they decided to make it not look like quite so much of a prison, and so they put the decor, the motif of turkeys and chickens and ducks and eggs and all that everywhere you could see, every surface. There was wallpaper, there was there was stuffed chickens, there was quilts of chickens and, and geese and turkeys, it, everywhere, everywhere. It was a very unsettling building to live in. And I lived in there for several months and then finally made my way moving on, but easily easily the weirdest building that I have ever, ever lived in. The White Stripes are getting into the Christmas spirit by announcing a Greatest Hits album release in December. Uh, it will highlight 26 of the unlikely Jack and Meg White duo's songs from the late 90s on, with a deluxe edition adding in every single iconic music video from the band as well. Uh, available for pre-order already. The news came out yesterday that legendary guitarist Eddie Van Halen died at the age of 65 after a long battle with throat cancer. Uh, he had been a heavy smoker in life, but infamously maintained that the cancer was caused by a favorite metal pick that he used to keep in his mouth while playing. Of course, musicians from across the world have been pouring out their uh, their outreach, their support, and their feelings about the loss in the music world. Many, many people uh, before yesterday uh, have claimed that Eddie Van Halen was this generation's Mozart, and it's hard to dispute. That's not the only sad news. Johnny Nash, singer of I Can See Clearly Now, Hold Me Tight, and many other songs, has died at age 80. Curiously, no cause of death was released. Thursday couple of stories for you about uh, Eddie Van Halen that I've read in just the last day here. Um, Beck, he wrote yesterday that uh, he first time that he was ever on an award show, first time ever, MTV Awards, and he was being presented an award by Van Halen's David Lee Roth, as well as Eddie Van Halen. And uh, and they were there, I guess, for like a reunion. It had been years since they'd even been seen together. And they were doing this like right at that same moment. He's getting an award and just losing his absolute mind. And in his own words, he says, two very surreal things happened at the same time in front of the entire Radio City Hall audience filled with every musician you could think of. Next time I ran into Eddie was many years later at my dentist. I had just gotten a filling and he popped in with his in inimitable grin and said hello. When I heard the news about his passing yesterday, the first thing I thought about was that grin. I had always thought that, that the secret to what made his playing so impressive wasn't just his technical prowess, but that grin. You rarely see a rock musician having that much fun. I remember as a little kid seeing that infectious smile on TV while nonchalantly perpetrating pyrotechnic guitar wizardry thinking that guy knows something and I want to know and someday I want to be having as much fun as him and he says I still hope to reach that guitar beatitude someday well I mean keep practicing that's exactly what Eddie said if you want to make a career out of making music you play and you play and you play and you play another quick story as well uh, this one not too much detail but I think it's absolutely hilarious Wolfgang uh, Van Halen he retells he retells this account of the time that at a, the end of a tool concert um, some guy just shows up and says, hey, man, can you take my photo? Uh, I want to get the stage in the background behind me. It's been a really good time. And this guy looks like he really had a good time at the concert. You know what I mean? He really was there to see Tool and have an experience based on the facial expression. And uh, maybe it was his mental state. Maybe he just had no idea in general, but not a clue that he was asking one of the greatest guitar legends of all time. Hey, can you snap a photo for me, bro? Thanks. It happens every once in a while. You kind of get this trend of people talking about uh, what would the advice be that you would give to your younger self? I mean, oftentimes it's like 10 years ago you or like specifically narrowing in to 16-year-old you. What advice would you have for 16-year-old you that would help you in your life? And oftentimes it's something along the lines of like, have a little bit more confidence. 
Uh, play a little bit more. Work a little bit harder. Uh, don't blow off this thing. Maybe do blow off that thing. Don't don't have that relationship for that long. Oh, that was a relationship. Maybe you should have spent a little bit more time in. Everybody's is singular to their own experiences. But my realization, my revelation, my epiphany, I guess, to use a completely pretentious word for it, is that everybody now has the same advice to give their 16-year-old selves. Okay, there might be some nuggets here and there that are specific to the person, but everybody should be telling their 16-year-old selves to watch out for 2020. That's that's what I'm getting at. There's so much going on in this year, maybe a little bit of heads up would have been nice, right? Have a rainy day slush fund for a rainy year. Have, uh, you know, your, 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 your masks and gloves already figured out at stockpile toilet paper before there was ever a shortage. These could have been useful things to know, right? So, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think that question is going to be coming up anytime too soon because we all know we've got the same answer. You're listening to the Steve Reed Podcast, Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Rolling Stone magazine has deep-dived Radiohead's Kid A masterpiece 20 years after its release. That's right. If you remember correctly, 2000 was the year. Uh, the album was a follow-up to 1997's OK Computer, which was released in the wake of claims that Tom York and his ensemble would add up to nothing but one-hit wonders after 1992's Creep. The realization explored in the Music Now podcast about Kid A is that somehow the album sounds just like 2020 feels making me want to reach for the cd shelf and listen to that one more time uh so the image of eddie van halen can be seen throughout the bill and ted movies even the latest one that came out alex winter who plays bill s preston esquire in the trilogy uh he recently just penned an essay talking about the inspiration and how it affected those movies specifically saying that bill and ted are supposed to be into hard rock but these were sunny, optimistic California guys, guys, and that's really embodied by Eddie Van Halen. They talk about Iron Maiden a lot in the movies, but really, they would have been listening to Van Halen a whole lot more. Hashtag Formac Fake Facts. Uh, now, I'm sure there's been a great many fake facts perpetuated about Formac Murray, particularly back in the day. A lot of P words in there, but uh, no, I'm talking about the fun ones. This is inspired by the city of Calgary. Finding, removing, and then replacing some very strange fake fact plaques that were put up in a park there. So some ones about Formac Murray that people have been coming up with. Ashley earlier said, Balto ran through this trail system in 1927 while saving children from an orphanage fire. Absolutely not accurate at all. Uh, Neville says, in 1965, McDonald's first introduced the filet of fish here in Fort McMurray to cure the codfish craving of Newfoundlanders that move away from home to come here to work in the oil sands. That one I actually kind of would believe a little bit, but also just not true at all. Pat says, best bench to eat seven food, uh, seven eleven food after leaving the bar late night right here. Boom. I mean, pick your favorite bench, right? We got some people throwing some at us uh, online, uh, some hilarious ones. We had uh, white sunglasses replaced white hard hats as the accepted symbol of foreman on job sites right here in Fort McMurray. Where's Waldo was inspired by Fort McMurray resident Waldorf Dotrieve in 1992. The at symbol was invented in 1990, uh, 1976 on a computer plugged in across that street over there. I love it. Get it. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Hashtag Fort Mac. Fake facts. Jump on Twitter. Jump on Facebook. Send it in a text. Do whatever you need to do. Friday. The worst Halloween costume of 2020 could possibly be. It has been declared adamantly. It is sexy hand sanitizer. Visual aid now available on our social media, so you can see what I'm talking about. But basically, it's a it's a bathing suit that they added a see-through clear plastic uh, apron to. That's that's the costume. 
That's the costume. Oh, the, the labeling on the top of the apron does say, you know, hand sanitizer kills 99.99% of germs. Got to be a touchless one, at least unless otherwise clearly stated. Just keep that in mind. But definitely, uh, in my book, hands down, worst Halloween costume, worst sexified Halloween costume of 2020. If there's a worst one, you tell me about it. I mean, this is a year after we had uh, Mr. Rogers last year was the sexy outfit the year before that beyond meat uh, meatless burgers today john lennon would have been celebrating his 80th birthday no doubt in a very very strange way tom delong is set to make his directorial debut with a sci-fi monster movie simply titled monsters of california uh he is heavily involved staying saying to deadline i have been playing this story in my dreams for decades DeLong won't just be directing, actually. He's also writing and providing the score for the film. No clues to a release date yet. A little premature for that. Fleetwood Mac's Dreams has hit number one on iTunes thanks to the story uh, that I have been updating on all through the week. Talking about Nathan Apodica and his TikTok video and the subsequent Dreams Challenge. This has skyrocketed young generations' awareness of that song as well as Fleetwood Mac in general. And lastly, Jack White is here to save the day at SNL. This weekend's musical guest was country artist Morgan Wallen, but earlier this week he was told that he's out after blatantly breaking COVID-19 protocols. He was photographed partying in a bar, posing for photos, and kissing multiple women through the night. He wrote, My actions from this past weekend were pretty short-sighted and have obviously affected my long-term goals and my dreams. Bingo, sir. Morgan Wallen loses, and honestly, we all win with Jack White getting the call. Hey Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. Elon Musk's space roadster, uh, Tesla roadster, it's uh, it's out there in the world. It was launched over two years ago. Pretty sure you probably remember the Falcon Heavy rocket from SpaceX. Um, but uh, Starman, the inanimate dummy uh, astronaut who is driving the roadster, has has gone quite a journey so far, traveling a total of one point seven billion miles in total. That's crazy to me. Uh, not that it's that far away. It's been, you know, cycling, sorry, 1.3 billion miles, as if that's a huge difference. Um, but, uh, you know, at that point, launching two years, eight months ago, whereisroadster.com can give you an accurate uh, idea of where it is at any given point. But it came as close as it has possibly gone to Mars so far this week. Buzzed by Mars. Uh, close enough that you could see that Mars wasn't a point in the sky. Were you, you know, in the passenger seat? Still smaller than the moon would look from the surface of the Earth, but I think that's kind of cool nonetheless. Um, and I'm feeling pretty jealous. In the year 2020, when we've had to have so much time alone anyways, I mean, seems kind of peaceful. Seems kind of nice doing a drive-by of, uh, of, uh, of Mars and seeing the universe. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to go that far from Earth. It's uh, caught in an elliptical orbit right now, and I feel a little bit less jealous for Starman, the inanimate dummy, when I learned that he's got a chance of crash landing on Earth or possibly Venus. However, it's going to take a long time to get there. The calculations are saying that the Roadster has 6% of a chance of crash landing on Earth and a 2.5% chance of crash landing on Venus sometime in the next eh, million years or so. Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.